we have been on a journey together over these past five weeks, looking at what does it mean to start new in 2022? And what we've been talking about is the importance of starting new in our relationships, those relationships which matter most. Our relationship with God, our up relationship, our in relationship with the church and our out relationship with God's mission. And as we wrap it all up, I wanna talk about what does it mean to start new together? And I wanna begin this message by thinking about the importance of last words. Our last words matter a great deal. And actually there was a, a, a lecture series that was given at Carnegie Mellon University. It was called the Last Lecture Series in which they would invite different faculty members to come and to give a lecture to the students and to their fellow faculty members. But the premise of it was, if you had one last lecture, one final thing to say before you left this earth, what would it be? It was a challenge to really think about what mattered most. But in 2007, they invited one of their faculty, Randy Pausch, to come and give his last lecture. But for him, it was different because for Randy, it truly was his last lecture. He had been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And by the time it was his turn to give the lecture, he'd been told that it was terminal, that he wasn't going to recover. And so he started to wrestle with, should he even really give a last lecture? He, he spent a lot of time talking with his wife and his friends and his family saying, you know, if I've only got a few months left, do I really wanna spend it preparing uh, one last lecture? Do I really wanna spend it uh, by going back up to the university and, and giving this final talk? But the more he thought about it, the more he decided, yes, he did. And this is specifically what he said. He ended up actually having this published in a book. Here was his reasons. He says that I have a chance here to really think about what matters most to me, to cement how people will remember me, and to do whatever good I can on the way out. Those words, I think, are a beautiful summation of why our last words matter. And as we wrap up this series, I want to think about Jesus' last words to his disciples. We actually find his final words in Acts chapter 1. Jesus is telling them that he wants them to wait in Jerusalem until they actually receive the gift of his Holy Spirit. But then he tells them the reason why. And this is what he says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He says, You will receive power when the Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the very ends of the earth. The last thing Jesus said to them the thing that he said is most important is I want you to be crystal clear on your mission. You are called to be my witnesses, my ambassadors to the very ends of the earth. And let's think about that for a second. I mean, he's talking to now a group of 11 people. Okay, we already know that Judas had betrayed him and then Judas had, had killed himself in, in remorse. And so already Jesus' group of disciples is getting a lot smaller. And you can imagine standing there, these 11 guys and being told their job now is to go and make sure that they are ambassadors to the very ends of the earth. That's huge. That's a massive calling. And, and if it sounds like that job is, is way too big for any one person, it's because it is. It's intentionally too big for any one of us which is why the only way that they were going to succeed is if they did it together. And the same is true for us. I mean, let's just do the numbers for a second. By recent estimates, the current global population is around 7.7 .7 billion people. And likewise, by most global estimates, uh, the global population of Christians is about 2.3 billion people. 
And what that means is that if we are truly going to reach every single person with the good news of Jesus, it's gonna take every single one of us. Because if you actually do the math, what that means is that every single Christian needs to reach three to four people with the good news of Jesus. See, this global calling to spread the good news is only gonna work if every single one of us is doing our part. But when we do, suddenly the mission becomes a lot more manageable. But it's a bit more complex than that. Several years ago, I read a book by Doug Shop and Don Everts called I Once Was Lost, in which they actually did a massive study of my generation, the millennial generation, asking how is it that the people from, uh, that who, fall, who fall into the millennial generation, how is it that millennials come to faith? What's the journey that they go through? And what they found is that they go through really five steps before they're finally ready to make a commitment to Jesus. It goes from being totally distrustful of Christians and religion to ultimately coming to a place of faith. It's a journey. But one of the other things that they found that was really interesting was that it actually took about seven meaningful relationships with Christians before somebody moved from a place of distrust to ultimately putting their faith in Jesus. What that means is it takes a whole community of followers of Jesus to help somebody finally come to not only know who he is, but being willing to follow him with their entire lives. So as you can see, the mission takes every single one of us. We have to start new together. But that's the way God designed it. He designed it that way. This is what he wants. It's because he's not calling us as individuals to follow him. He's calling us into a new family, a new community. And so we live this mission out together. And there are some beautiful words that the Apostle Paul gives us in Romans chapter 12 that kind of paint a picture of what that's like and why that's so important. I want you to listen to what he has to say about the beauty of, of starting new together. By the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Don't be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Don't be conceited. Don't repay evil for evil, but be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. And if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. I don't know if you noticed how many times in just those couple verses, Paul emphasizes the importance of doing life together. 
and emphasizes the fact that every single one of us is needed in order to live that life well, to live out the mission well. We all have gifts that we're called to use, and at the core of it all needs to be genuine love for each other. We are not designed to pursue our up in and out relationships as individuals. We do it as a church family, as a community. And, and that's powerful because that's what it's gonna take for us to really see the mission make a difference in the lives of other people. And to help with that, I just wanted to share one story from my days working in campus ministry. I was serving at UIC, and uh, one of the things that we would do on campus is we'd have small groups uh, for students to study the Bible together, but then once a week we'd gather together for a large group, and it was a time of worship and preaching, and we really encouraged our, our community to, to reach out to their friends, to their classmates, to the people living in their dorms, and invite them. And I remember uh, one week in particular, we were really going to focus on what does it mean to experience the love and the grace of Jesus for the very first time. And so we really were, we'd been praying for weeks leading up to that particular large group. And then we said, all right, we want you guys making invitations and making invitations and making invitations. And so finally that night came and we all got together and, and we prayed, we worshiped, we, we heard God's word proclaimed. And, and I remember during the closing worship set, one of my students running up to me and just grabbing me by the arm and saying, you need to come here. I need to introduce you to somebody. And so as I walked to the back of the room, there was uh, one of her friends from her dorm. And she just had tears in her eyes. She was sobbing. And I just kind of sat down with her and said, well, what's, what's going on? She's like, I feel like I, I feel like God has been calling me to come here for weeks. <laughs> Some of the people in this room have been telling me to come to large group and to come to large group. And every time I found an excuse and said no, and, and, and I'm not interested, but, but for some reason tonight when they knocked on my door, I just felt like I had to go. Because since I came to college, I, I've been trying to find out who I am and why I'm here. And I've been feeling so lost and I've had so many questions. But when I heard that God made me exactly who I am, that God has now called me to trust him and to follow him, I think I finally understand what it means to live life according to his love and his grace. And, and I wanna know, how can I follow Jesus? It was an amazing moment of getting to pray with her and, and then see her come to faith. But more than that, what was amazing was then to watch her over the subsequent years become a small group leader, to reach out to other people with the good news, to become a leader in our chapter, uh, helping us to connect with other people who were seeking and who had questions. That story in and of itself is amazing, but I wanna take a step back and think about how many people it took for her to get to a point of finally encountering Jesus. Think about this list for just a second. Here's what it took. It took the students on her floor who were her friends, just spending time with her, getting to know her, having meals with her, going to class together, studying side by side. It took the classmate who finally had the guts to knock on her door again after so many no's and say, why don't you come? We really think that, yeah, I know that you've been seeking. I know that you've been asking questions. I think tonight we're gonna be starting to address some of the, your hangups, some of your doubts and some of your concerns. It took the students that she didn't even know until she got there, just welcoming her and showing her hospitality and making her feel comfortable just being in the room worshiping with us. It took those who were our vocalists and musicians leading us in worship. It took our preacher speaking from God's word. It took the initiative of the person saying, if you're feeling God is calling you to follow him, then we need to pray together for you and, and inviting me to come to the back of the room. It took this entire community 
And then if you actually scale back even further, it also took all the people who'd generously been donating so that our ministry could even exist, so that we could be on campus and, and host worship and, and lead conferences and training sessions for our groups. It took all the people who'd been praying for our mission and our ministry on that campus. It took the churches that were also investing in the lives of those young people before they even came to campus. So they, they stepped on campus as missionaries for Christ. It took the families and the parents who raised those kids in faith to equip them to then address the questions of their peers and to have a heart for seeing people come to faith. It took a massive group of people for that mission to happen. And although they came from different backgrounds, had different personalities, had different gifts and skill sets, together as the body of Christ, they were able to reach the lost on that campus. They were able to reach people who were asking questions and introduce them to the love of God that is ours in Jesus Christ. And the same is true for us as Trinity. Our mission is to help people look, live, and love more like Jesus. That's gonna take every single one of us using our gifts, giving generously, serving faithfully, gathering together regularly, and worshiping side by side, inviting, serving, reaching out. That's why we encourage you to do things like get into small group communities. That's why we ask you to invite your friends to be present in your neighborhood, to use your gifts to serve when you're gathered here on the weekend or out in your community. Why we encourage us to gather together around God's word in, in small group communities and to actually invite other people to join us and, and why we encourage you to give faithfully. Your gifts and your tithes and your offerings enable us to continue to do this mission and this ministry, not only at our multiple locations, but also as we support the mission of God around the world. Your faithful giving matters. Why? Because it takes every single one of us to live out the mission of God together. But when we do, God uses us to reach those that he loves. He uses us to make a difference in the world around us. And our invitation is join us. As we start 2022, let's start 2022 together as a church. Starting next week, we're gonna be looking at the very beginning of our, our faith story. As we look at the book of Genesis together, we're gonna to be studying that in small groups. We're gonna be learning about it on the weekends. And our invitation is invite, serve, give, connect. Join us as we're doing this mission together because it's as we encounter who our God is, this amazing God of love who creates and sustains everything, that we have an opportunity to share that good news with others. And so if you've been kind of holding back from gathering with us in person, join us again. If you've been asked to serve and volunteer and you've kind of been on the fence, why don't you join a serving team and use your gifts to bless others? If you've been wondering, should I get into a small group? Maybe it's time to take that invitation. If you've been wondering, is it time to re-examine my giving and to, and to give generously to the mission? The answer is yes, and we would love to have you do that with us. But let's commit to taking these new steps, not just for ourselves, but for the mission that God has called us to. And so it's to that end that I wanna wrap up the series by uh, praying for us and then inviting you to pray with me as we pray the Lord's Prayer together. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you so much that actually the mission is too big for every one of us. But you call us to not do it to, uh, alone, but to do it together so that we could be your witnesses, so that empowered by your Holy Spirit and grounded in your grace and your mercy, we could bring good news to the people around us. And so, Lord, we pray that you would help us to do that together.
And Lord, if there are any ways that we've been kind of holding back uh, or, or, or sitting on the sidelines or sitting on the fence, Lord, that you would help us to take a step so that together we might indeed be able to proclaim your mercies and your goodness to those around us, to make a difference in their lives and in the communities to which you're sending us. And so, Lord, we pray that we would start fresh this year, that we would start new in our up relationship with you, our in relationship with the church and our out relationship with the mission, but that we wouldn't do that alone. We'd do that together. Amen.